Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition with Ariane Smith and Tiffany Hales. We are back for the month of June. The month of June. In fact, we are recording this on the 1st of June. That's right. We have officially made it through online school. We have. I'm retired. <laughs> I should have brought like noisemakers, like what yes. you do on uh, on New Year's Eve to make that official announcement. Yes. And I should say, you only hope you are retired. I hope, I hope it's a permanent retirement. Please let it be a permanent retirement. I do not want to pull a Michael Jordan. I want this to be permanent. <laughs> yes. So we have made it to summer, sticky floor season. Yes. Sticky floor season, as we like to call it. It's just, it's really weird. And I know parents all over America are feeling this right now, yeah. well, all over the world. Um, it's weird to start summer because I'm so burnt out. And I'm like, oh, now I have to get through summer. <laughs> well, I know because usually we're burnt out on May because of all the activities and mm-hmm. stuff, not because we've been stuck at home with our kids for 60 days before school got out. Right. So, yeah. So we're thrilled school's out, but other new challenging challenges. <laughs> well, exactly, because there's a lot of activities we typically do in the mm-hmm. summer that right. just sadly aren't going to happen this year. Yeah. And so trying to navigate that now and what that looks like. Yes, it's been interesting. Okay, so we're going to just hop right into news stories now. Yes, we will. Mormons in the news this past week. And it's been a little bit of a light week. Not a lot. Not a lot happening for Mormons in the news. Right. It has been a very heavy week in terms of national news, but very little of that actually related to Mormons. Mm -hmm. But we do have an LDS connection. Right. Well, just today, with everything that's going on in America... With the protests and George Floyd and the tragedy that happened there just today, finally, President Nelson released a statement. Well, he put it up on his Facebook yes. page, um, statement about all of the things that are going on. He was very direct, very strong language. I think everybody was kind of waiting for this. Um, uh-huh. I mean, we knew something would be said, but... He, just to quote a little bit of what he said, we abhor the reality that some would deny others the respect and the most basic freedoms because of the color of his or her skin. Um, he said, the creator of us all calls on each of us to abandon attitudes of prejudice against any group of God's children. Any of us who has prejudice towards another race needs to repent. So he had some very strong language. He very. also hit on the violence and how that's not appropriate either. And just called on everyone. He said the very end, I plead with us to work together for peace, for mutual respect and for an outpouring of love for all of God's children. So it was a great statement. Glad he said it. It's been just a crazy, crazy week to watch the news. And I'm so glad he said something because I think as members of the church, we need to hear this. It's something we all need to look. Everyone needs to look internally to to this, obviously, our church has a past with the priesthood and and, and race relations and, and issues that I think has definitely weighed in on part of this story for us yeah. as members of the church and our internal prejudice and bias that maybe we're not even aware of. Yeah. So I'm just so glad that they came out strong, and I hope it will cause all of us to reflect. I know I've been doing a lot of reflecting the past week on. What can I be better at? What can yeah. I, what can I teach my kids? So I'm glad he came out with it. I'm glad 
Glad he said it. There was um, Jeff flagged on the Facebook page today another post that was by Liz Darger, who is a member of the Young Women General Board. And she had posted uh, on social media earlier today just saying, I don't really know what to say. I can't say it. I can't get my thoughts out, can't say it well, but she guided everybody toward an article that was written a couple of years ago in a special edition of the Enzyme when they were commemorating the Blacks being given the priesthood. And this article was written by Darius Gray, who is involved with the church. um, With the Genesis organization, mm -hmm. I believe. Right, part of the church. And this article he had written a couple of years ago was about uh, racism and how we can avoid it, how we can be better, yeah. how we can improve. And it was such a good article. And I was glad that she linked she to it. It was a, it. just a really good reminder at this point in time uh, about what we can do as members of a church. And so that's a great article. We'll have to link it up to this, have Jeff link it up after the show. And yeah, well, and it's been interesting just this weekend Um, I mean, both interesting and very sad to follow all of the protests. I mean, obviously, anybody who has seen the video of George Floyd, Mm -hmm. it's awful. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely awful. And it is abhorrent that in America in 2020, this is how we are treating human beings. And it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Over and over. Yes, because it came on the heels of the Mm -hmm. young man in Atlanta Mm -hmm. who was out jogging and some former police officers believed he was breaking into a house and they shot him, you know, and that's on video as well. And so, you know, it's been, I've, I've had a couple of thoughts as I have watched, um, you know, the riots unfold over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, just as President Nelson said, you know, violence is never the answer to violence. Um, you know, that, that is never the answer. And in fact, I was having a discussion with my husband tonight just because you can see that just in the Book of Mormon. Right. And how much of what we're seeing in society today has so many parallels to things going on in the Book of Mormon. But I also wonder if one of the reasons this story has broken and garnered um, these riots just in every major city <clears throat> is because we're all on edge after yeah. 60 days of pandemic stuff. You know, people, you know, the pandemic has created such a change for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we as human beings do not like change. And it is difficult for us to process change. And I wonder, you know, are people using this as an outlet? You know, it was really interesting because Salt Lake had their own protests. And Salt Lake had some really violent in their protest. They had one police car that was overturned and set on fire. I think they had a couple of other police cars that were damaged. Some idiot with a bow and arrow gets out and starts shooting arrows into the crowd. crowd. I heard they turned his car over. Yes. So he gets... (laughs) He gets pummeled by the protesters and gets hauled away. And then they turn his car over and they start at Liberty Square or at Library Square, which is right across from the city county building on about 4th South and about 300 East. And they eventually move up to the Capitol, which is several blocks away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they did a lot of graffiti at the Capitol. One thing that I really wondered about is the fortress that is known as Temple Square. 
Um, you've got to imagine that probably when these protests started up, you know, I don't know if they're even allowing any visitors on Temple Square right now, but if they shoot all the visitors out, locked the gates and had security outside Temple Square to make sure that nobody could enter Temple Square. I also saw today that they were not opening any of the stores in City Creek today mm-hmm. because, again, you've seen a lot of looting and vandalism, mm-hmm. especially in L.A. at some of those, you know, high-end stores. Plus, you've seen it just even at the Target in Minneapolis. But, um, yeah. so, I, you know, I wondered about that. And I, I really did appreciate President Nelson's message today, especially on the heels of what was a very violent weekend for our country and just very sad. Yeah, it was. It's been, it's been a rough news week for sure. (laughs) And just rough, rough all around. Yeah, so exactly. All right. Well, now we'll move on to our favorite topic uh, in the last 60 days on this podcast. (laughs) Jeff mentioned it last week. Coronavirus, aka COVID nineteen, which I would love nothing more than to talk about something else, except there's nothing else to talk about because we're still all dealing with it. So he hit on it last week with Jared a little bit about the guidelines that have come out uh, from Salt Lake City about returning to church. Yes, and now that we are getting closer to that in certain communities. We are starting to, it's just been really interesting to see what is happening yes. in different places. So Salt Lake, actually, I think Utah is probably going to be one of the first places, don't you think, to actually large scale go back to church meetings? Because their area presidency came out a yes, couple weeks a ago. a couple weeks ago and said, you can start returning to, well, the church said, when the government restrictions right. are lifted, you can return to church in groups no more than 99. It's up to the area presidencies. Right. The area presidencies came down with some stuff, and I believe they've actually started returning to church. Yes, I think and they are the only place that I am aware of where saints are physically right. returning to church. That's true. Although there may be some smaller communities that's true. that we don't know about yeah. in Montana or somewhere with less population. But uh, Peggy Fletcher Stack wrote an article a couple of days ago in the Tribune just talking about uh, what it's kind of looking like right now in Utah as wards start to resume. So she said she actually interviewed a guy named Patrick Mason that is head of Mormon history and culture at Utah State University. Um, and Woo, go Aggies. <laughs> yes. And was just talking to him about kind of the effects of this. And they were having in this article, they discussed how, you know, the church for so many years with correlation had a very set standard. And at this time of COVID, as we return, now it's very much left up to local congregations. And it's been a really long time since. Oh, yeah. Since the pendulum has shifted. (laughs) Because for a long time, oh, we did not want any individual thought. We were all groupthink of correlation. So, yes, yes, the pendulum is shifting. So they were just talking about what a unique time this is, that our meetings can vary so much Mm -hmm. by region and even. Yeah. By, you know, not even that far away, they could vary very greatly. So they said some wards are using ushers to escort attendees to the appropriate pews. Um, It said all are required 
to have adequate social distancing. So that is the one blanket standard that the church has put out, or at least the Utah uh-huh. Utah area authorities have put out. Um, everyone's required to have appropriate social distancing. So how they do that... Now, this is a very interesting idea because I'm sure, as in your ward, as in my ward, families have where they sit. <laughs> and if you walk in and somebody's sitting in your spot, like you're really out of joint for the sacrament meeting. Well, that's going to get all blown out the window. So, yeah. Really but quick. are they going to go, well, you know, the Tanner family usually sits here, so let's put them here and let's... But yeah, you're right, because if they're trying to socially distance, they may not be able to do that. It's all out the window. Nobody gets a spot anymore. (laughs) Now, see, my husband always likes to sit on the... on the back row, the first row of metal chairs. So not on the padded seats. We Uh are on the metal chairs in the first row. You choose the metal chairs? I do not choose the metal chairs. (laughs) The metal chairs are chosen for me by my husband. Well, now's the time to shake that up. Now, he he has kind of a little bit of a... Let's just put it this way. He is assigned to sit there by the bishop. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) In case there needs to be any crowd control. Really? Yes. Does this involve a weapon in the church building? I refuse to comment <gasps> on that. Scandal! I know nothing. The rule says no weapons in the church building, so as far as I am aware, there are no weapons in the church building. But if you have met my husband, as you, well, you have, obviously, <laughs> um, he is a mason for a living. And like, he was a wrestler in high school, yeah, a state champion wrestler. He wouldn't necessarily need a weapon. Dude does not need a weapon <laughs> to take somebody out. He would, in fact, it would probably be more dangerous. Well, I mean, he's a very good shot. He'd be fine with a weapon. But I'm just saying... I could see him just going for somebody's legs and just plopping them on the ground and disarming them because he's also very short. So yes, that is our, that is our sign. I probably just let a cat out of a bag that I wasn't supposed to. I never knew this. Yes. This is fascinating. Okay. All right. So although social distancing is required, not optional or recommended, the one thing that uh, has not been required is the mask wearing. There are many variations on the mask wearing, depending on your ward and your area. So she had interviewed people from a few wards around the Salt Lake City area. Um, It said the 27th East Ward in the Avenues, members should wear face masks. Bishops emailed them all. And the bishop emailed them all, said wear your face mask. Another ward up in the Avenues, again, face masks are expected. A couple of West Jordan wards she had talked to people in. Face masks were encouraged, but not required. So this is like going to vary greatly. This is going to vary greatly. And, and I wonder what the parameters are. Like, I mean, obviously, I think the uh-huh. bishops have their own inspiration to decide, you know, whether or not to require face masks. And if you had a ward that was exceptionally elderly, right? you know, you might want to make that mandatory. Or is it going to fall more along the lines of, you know, how the bishop know. personally feels about face masks? I don't know. But they were talking, she was talking with this, um, this professor at Utah State, and they were talking in the article about he was quoted as saying, you know, he hopes this doesn't become politicized because yeah. masks in this country are, are starting very political to become politicized. Yeah. He said he hopes that doesn't happen and that he almost thinks personally, he almost thinks if the pro, if it would come from Salt Lake uh-huh. instead of 
you know, being anti-government if you didn't wear a mask. Yeah. You you would be anti-profit if you didn't wear a mask, (laughs) which again causes its own set of judgment. True, true, true. Either way, judginess can ensue. So let's all just be careful, people, Okay, with our judginess. Well, so. I will I will tell you what I told my husband last night about the face mask wearing thing to church. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I if I am actually physically in a courtroom, I have to wear a face mask. Right. That is a requirement of the Supreme Court of the state of Idaho that if I want to enter a courthouse, I will have a face mask on. Right. So I obviously wear a face mask there. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a face mask in other situations uh, for a lot of different reasons. And I told my husband last night, I said, if our bishop says to wear a face mask, I will be obedient and wear a face mask. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm not planning on it. But I will be obedient to our bishop, but I really like our bishop. Now, if it were a different <laughs> bishop, I might pause. <laughs> and I freely admit that weakness right, right. there. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, here's the one more interesting thing I have to hit on about okay. this article by Peggy Fletcher Sack. You know, there is there can be problems with singing. It's come out. And Jeff, oh, Jeff yes. and Jared hit they on talked this about last that week. last week because you're exhaling breath and spit and yes. all of that fun stuff. So in one of these wards, the bishop told members they can hum along to the music played by the organ, but not sing. Oh, isn't that's that interesting? Weird. It is. I don't know if I could stop myself. You know, here's what it would depend on. If they are playing some really obscure song that I don't know that I'd never sing anyway, uh-huh. I'd have no problem humming along. But you know, if we get something like Israel, Israel, God is calling, I'm going to be like, I want to sing. <laughs> the words are going to come out of my mouth. Although if everyone's wearing masks, if you're a mask ward, wouldn't you think you could sing with your mask on? Although it would really sound funny. <laughs> well, it would sound funny, but I think it would also be really hard breathing wise to sing with That's your mask true. on. That's I don't true. Know. You'd have to sing very quietly. Well, my college daughter, Lauren, is in one of those Utah wards okay. that was returning to church. Um, what's really weird is, so she's in a student ward because she goes to Utah State and um, most of the students are not there for the summer. I mean, they typically don't have students there for the summer, but it is even fewer students this year. Um, she's in the aviation program and needs to get flying done, which is a lot easier to do in the summer than it is in the winter. Mm-hmm. So that's why she's down there. They normally combined wards. They did not combine oh. wards. So she has her ward. There are only 11 people in her ward for the what? summer. I know. How weird is that? So they, well, that's an easy way to get around that. It is an easy way to get around that. But the email she got from the bishop was how they were going to do the sacrament was obviously they'll have the little water cups Uh and then they will have the bread in individual cups. So you take your little cup of bread, you take your little cup of water. Right. And this article said some wards are doing that, putting the bread in cups. Well, and was it you or was it the article that was talking about somebody had said people aren't going to put their cups in the trays, they're going to keep their cups? Oh no, it wasn't me. That maybe, might have been Maybe it was Lauren who was saying they were gonna mm-hmm. they were gonna keep their cups because I was thinking to myself, this is every parent with small children's nightmare because then they yeah. sit there for the rest of the meeting crinkling the plastic <laughs> cup, making all sorts of obnoxious noises. That's true. Checking it. Checking it. Cups exactly. will be flying. Well, has your stake put anything out yet no, about my, returning to church? My stake sent an email maybe a week ago just saying they are pondering 
and praying about it and they will get back to us. So they're, they haven't put anything out, although there is a rumor flying around. I have no idea. I mean, you know how we are with our rumors. Hey, we love a good rumor, <laughs> if nothing else. Right. The rumor flying around right now is that each ward in the building will have one week. So when it's your ward's week to be in the building, you get to have mutual in the building that week, okay. socially distant, appropriate mutual in the building that week. And then you get the Sunday to divide your ward up however you need to, because obviously our yeah. ward is going, our ward's big enough that we're going to have to be divided yeah. on a Sunday. So that's the rumor, but I don't know if it's true. How about you guys? Have you heard? I received an email yesterday from oh. our executive secretary uh, that contained a uh, an attachment from our stake presidency in Eagle. Mm -hmm. So here's what they are doing. We technically have three buildings in our stake, but we share one building with another stake. That's weird. It's weird. But but they're in the process of building new buildings in that stake, so I'm sure that will end. So what they're going to do is they're not going to use the shared building. There's only Mm -hmm. two wards that go to the shared building. And the other two buildings each have three wards. So they are assigning each one of those wards to each of the other two buildings. So there's going to be four buildings in a ward, and you get one Sunday a month to go to church. Okay. And so our assigned Sunday is the third Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then that is our assigned week to use the building for young men, young women. Okay, if we want so that's to. similar to the it rumor similar. about yes. what's going to happen. Now they stake. said in our in our email that they were going to divide us into two groups. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think we have more than two hundred people that attend, but it, I mean it may end up being lower because right. there's going to be some people who aren't going to be comfortable coming back. Definitely. Yeah. And the email was very poignant in saying if you don't feel comfortable. Do not come back. You're right. not pressured to come back. We'll make sure you get the sacrament to your home if you want. You mm-hmm. just let us know. And so they're going to divide us up into two groups. The meeting is going to be no longer than 45 minutes with the focus being on the sacrament and then whatever else the bishop wants to do. Mm-hmm. And we will, of course, will be socially distant. And then they said we will, they will, there will be provisions for cleaning the building between the two meetings. Mm-hmm. Now there were no details on that. There were no details on the sacrament. Mm-hmm. So probably the next podcast, I'll be able to provide a few more right. details about how my ward is doing it. They are resuming young men, young women this week. This week? Well, at the building? Well, no. So Mm -hmm. they're at least resuming young men this week. I think the young women are going to wait one more week to resume. Uh But um, the bishop called my husband yesterday and gave him the go ahead to say, we're going to do a priest activity. We're going to do it at my house. We're going to be outside. Right. We're going to be around my fire pit mm-hmm. <laughs> so that they can all socially distance and plan accordingly. So the word that we're hearing is they want to minimize any use of the building, even on the weeks when we have it, mm-hmm. and have outdoor activities for the kids this right. summer. Keep that, them out. Keep them outdoors. That makes sense and totally doable thankfully, this time of year. Exactly. So, so when are you starting church? Have they given you a date? Well, our, they're starting this next Sunday. So Really? But, but we have the third Sunday of the month, so we have June 23rd. Because I thought the state of Idaho wasn't up for 
meetings of 50 plus until mid-June. Apparently, there's a religious exemption, according oh. to what was in the email from from our stake, from the, or the letter from our stake. Now, I'm really liking the fact that we have the third Sunday because my daughter returns from her mission on August 12th, which will put her right in line to have a lovely homecoming talk on the third Sunday in August. Oh, well, didn't that work out perfectly? Now, I haven't scheduled that with the bishop yet, but I probably ought to get on the calendar. And I yeah. probably ought to say, listen, this is what we're doing for our Sunday meeting in August, Bishop. Yes, you better. <laughs> so, okay, very interesting. Okay, we cannot leave this topic. We're, we're about done with this topic, but we cannot yes. leave this topic without talking about the post, the Facebook post that... Was it on President? It was. On it was President on President Nelson's, Nelson's Facebook, Facebook page. page. He has been really busy this week with the social media. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which begs the question, does he actually know how to do this himself or does he have people that do it for him? I'm going to kind of bet he knows how to do this. I know. I would be inclined to say he has people, but just with his personality, I'm like, no, he probably does He this. probably <laughs> knows how to work the Facebook. But he put this post a couple of days ago. Um, about their Sunday service at home, him and his wife, Wendy. And he had a picture of him in his plaid shirt and pants. And his slippers. I think he was wearing yes. his slippers. Vacuuming their carpets Saturday night. He yes. talked about how they clean the house and get it prepared for their sacrament on Sunday. He, he very much follows that primary song about yes. we do the work on Saturday to prepare ourselves That's for right. Sunday. Saturday is a special day. It's the day we get ready for Sunday. Anyway, I could not get over this picture of the prophet vacuuming. <laughs> I loved it so much. I fully realized this may be staged. <laughs> I really don't think he like does a deep clean on his house every week. I think he has people for that. He's I'm busy. sure he probably does. And have I would people never blame him for having people for that. He's, oh no, he's not old at all. and he's busy. Yes, when I am old, even if I'm not busy, I'm planning to have people to do that. That seems very fair. If you're 94, is he 94 now or 95? I think he's 94. I can't remember. It, it, in any event, mid nineties, you're entitled to have people. So, but I just love like he gets out. The, like maybe there were some crumbs on their white carpet, by the way. Oh yes, clearly they have no young children. I just really like the idea of him whipping out the vacuum to like tidy up a bit. I do too. Sets a good example for the men in our church. So no shame in vacuuming, gentlemen. In fact, chances are, if you do it, you get a happy wife. That's right. So if you have not checked out President Nelson's Facebook page recently. Just go just to look at this picture. Yeah. It's so worth it. And the other two pictures on it are Wendy staring adoringly at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as good as the vacuuming picture. <laughs> I sometimes wonder, does my husband look at those and wonder, why doesn't my wife stare at me like that? <laughs> is he vacuuming? He does. Your husband cleans really good. Oh, my husband is a total cleaner. <laughs> and let me tell you, I will say... When he cleans my house and does something like that, then yeah, he does get that look. <laughs> he gets that very loving look when he cleans my house. There you go, gentlemen. So now you know the secret. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move on to a few missionary stories. We've got three missionary uh, articles that we had this week uh, that I really liked. So the first one was entitled... Survive, Strive, and Thrive, How Missions in Europe Are Working and Succeeding During the COVID-19 Pandemic. So we know that there were a lot of missions, foreign missions, where they sent the missionaries home. 
The exception to that was the mission missions in Europe and Eastern Europe. They did not send those missionaries home. And I did not realize that until I read this article. I just assumed all the foreign missionaries came home. Well, I kind of realized that they didn't simply because um, uh, uh, Elder Uppdorf has a grandson who is serving in Germany. Mm. And he has linked a couple of videos on his Facebook page of his grandson and his companion recording church music. Um, I think the grandson is singing and the companion is playing the guitar mm-hmm. and he's still in Berlin. Huh. So I knew obviously he wasn't evacuated. The only missionaries that were evacuated were senior couples and young men or young women that had health concerns right. that if they got COVID, it would be much better for them to be back in America. So um, it talks about um, that one of the missions in Italy is uh, has this theme, survive, strive, and thrive. And they had that theme prior to the outbreak of coronavirus in Italy. And so when the Italy went into full shutdown mode, they obviously had to have their missionaries in full shutdown mode. Right. And so that became kind of the theme for all of the missionaries in Europe. And like the missionaries here in America, they had to use technology and smartphones and social media and talks about some of the things that they did to um, help these missionaries. They added extra exercise time, Mm -hmm. which apparently did wonders for their mental health. Um, They had yoga, frequent stretching, yoga, relaxation, mindfulness moment minutes, They would hold district 15-minute online daily meetings to review and set goals. They had journaling, just all sorts of things that they could do on their mission. And it goes through a lot of the different things that these missions did that are very similar to what they've done here in America. I thought this was so interesting to see just the different creative ideas. Yes. How do you keep these poor missionaries? Exactly. Like, from going crazy. Exactly. And so creative. Like I would have just thought, Oh, scripture study and church movies. (laughs) But this one said that the mission president's wife twice a week in the afternoon was doing story time. Yes. Online reading children's books, like uh, Dr. Seuss (laughs) to the missionaries and that they loved it. Yes. I thought that was so funny. I thought it was too. They also reference Facebook live devotionals and regular video conference calls. Mm -hmm. Facebook live devotionals are something that they're doing in Shelby's mission. Um, so every Sunday they have about a 20 minute video that they Mm -hmm. put up on Facebook live. They record it beforehand, but they put it up on Facebook live and they assign different, um, different districts to put together the video every Sunday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it goes out on their Facebook mission page. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool. And then they can use that tool and share that tool. Mm -hmm. And it really has been mind blowing to see how they have been able to take the technology and adapt the technology in ways that, I mean, it really is true. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. You know, ideas that Salt Lake couldn't even dream of beforehand. And they're like, well, let's try this. Right. And they're getting all these hits on their videos. Another example is my daughter Shelby is actually teaching a Baptist preacher right now. And he's male, which normally she wouldn't be able to go to his home right. and teach him unless she brought another priesthood leader around, or I think if he has a wife that's there. 
but they have been teaching him over Zoom. And so it's been no problem for them over Zoom to teach him. Mm -hmm. Even this last weekend, we did a Relief Society Zoom, and I sent her all the Zoom information, and I said, ask your president if you can join your Home Relief Society. And so she was able to join our Home Relief Society for this Zoom meeting. And it was so fun for members of our ward to see her. We had an amazing message on President Runlin's talk about the Savior and turning to the Savior and the Lord in times of crisis. Mm -hmm. And just amazing things that you would have thought, no, a year ago that you could never do that on a mission. That's really cool. I saw that one of some of these Italian missionaries on their P-Day, because I mean... Now you still have a P day to fill yes. up, and what do you fill that yeah, up? With? Exactly, isn't every the, day a P day? I know. On their P day, it says that one of the counselors in the mission presidency, who's Italian, was giving them cooking lessons via Zoom, and I thought, oh, how cool if they all go home from their missions knowing how to cook this amazing really good Italian, Italian food. food. I love it. So creative. So so, so creative. And, uh, anyway, so it, it, it has been really fun to see that. And I really like that theme. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I think I would like to adopt this for my personal theme for COVID. I wish I had thought of it earlier. Could have used that a couple months ago. Exactly. In my, in my homeschool, I was surviving and not thriving. <laughs> Survive, strive and thrive, you know, because there are some yeah. days where you're just like, I'm only surviving today. Mm-hmm. There are other days where you're like, I can reach a little further. I can strive today. Mm-hmm. And there are other days like when your kids are getting along or you're sitting there playing a game or you know you're creating some memory with them that you never otherwise would have created. Right. You go, we're thriving. Yeah. So if you were if you haven't if you don't have a covid theme yet, make that your covid theme. <laughs> All right, my next missionary related story is of course the church has a bunch of employees that work at the church office building mm-hmm. in addition to service missionaries. So what do you do with these people? in a pandemic where you can't go to the office and you can't go out and do some of the typical service things. So they assigned them to family search and they would match up their skill sets. Um, Some technical skills, language skills, and some geographic skills were all put into play. So these people who would normally be going into their office have been getting trained on family search and have been doing a lot of records on family search And there have been people, not just Utah people, but Mm -hmm. all over the world. And so what they have been able to do is they have been able to, in the last 60 days, Mm -hmm. just these people who normally have other church assignments, help make over 1 million historical records searchable online. That is amazing. Isn't that mind-blowing? That is mind-blowing. Again, a another another just kind of taking a really negative situation like COVID and how can we make this work for the good? Right. Now a million new records online that people can connect with their families. Right. So we can do temple work if we ever get to go to the temple again. (laughs) That's right. All right. My last missionary story is the church in 2015 came out with this program called um, My Plan, A Guide for Returned Missionaries. And they have done a little bit of updating on that. It's right. now called My Plan, A Guide for the Returned Missionary and Mentor. Now, I didn't even know this was a thing. This must have just 
passed right over me since I don't have a missionary. I, I think it passed right over you because you don't have a missionary. And by the t- I think it got implemented right after my son Scott came oh, home. Okay. And so my next missionary is Shelby. So just this week, Shelby has to start working on her My Plan. So the My Plan is on the mission. They have to kind of create their game plan for when they get for home. For post-mission, exactly. Like education, Education, work, work uh, schooling. Other goals. Other, you know, whatever okay. their other goals are. They want them to come, they don't want them to come home and flounder. Right. They want them to come home with goals and a plan because they are very regimented on their mission. Yeah. And then to come home to this environment where there's no regimentation like what you have on a mission, a lot of missionaries can just spiral. But if they have this plan in place, then they at least go, okay, this is what I'm doing. This totally makes sense. It does. What a good idea. It is. But I have to tell you, Shelby is a little bitter. She does not want to start her my plan because basically Shelby does not want to come home from Texas. <laughs> she has zero desire to see us. The people of, te- of Texas have been far too kind to her <laughs> because she's like, no, I want to stay on a mission forever. Well, then it's a good thing they're making her fill out a plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so um, anyway, they have recently updated my plan and made some changes to it. And they had Elders Holland and Elder Cook discuss this because, as you may recall, they were missionary companions together. Which is so fun. Is so fun. And it says they both, they they were acquainted with each other early in the mission, but then they both served in leadership positions at the end of their mission. I interpret that to be they were both assistants to the president at the same time. Probably. Sounds about right. Anyway, um, and this is really interesting too in the article. While they were on their mission, they were both writing the girls who would later both become their wives. I know. I thought that was super interesting. Very interesting. So here is what some of the changes are. So the Elders Corman Relief Society presidents in the missionary's home ward will work with the returned missionary to select a mentor. So I'm assuming this means you select a mentor, whether it's someone in your ward or a family member or someone who's going to make you accountable that you check in with with this plan. Hmm. Um, guidelines for holding group meetings with recently returned missionaries are provided. Um, there is a video from Elder Holland and Elder Cook. The returning missionaries, home stake president and bishops will receive a link to the missionaries completed transition plan. That's so, intense. You've got a lot of people holding you accountable. Exactly. To this so not only does plan. Shelby have to sit down and write her transition plan, apparently she has to input that on the computer somewhere so that the bishop can go, well, it says here, this is what you're going to do. How are you doing on that? So you better not just BS you right through that. Exactly. You got to make some real goals there. (laughs) Exactly. And I just wanted to share one story from Elder Cook that was in the article because I thought it was so cute. It reminds me of that movie that Kirby was in where he comes home from his mission and they forget to pick him up at the airport. And his bed is like a mattress on top of number 10 cans. Oh, yeah. Elder Cook says, when I came home, when I came home, my parents were actually away on their own mission by then. I came home to, I didn't know what I had to find a place to live. I had to come up with a job and my own money. And it was potentially kind of a shock to the system after a very regularized, regularized life in the mission to come home to chaos. Can you even imagine? (laughs) Yeah. Hi, we're going to be on a mission. We'll send the bishop or somebody to pick you up at the airport. Fend for yourself. Fend for yourself. (laughs) 
It was a different day back then. It was a different day back then. So anyway, just so you know, if you have missionaries in your life, they're doing the my plan thing. (laughs) All right. I'm going to touch on this really, really quickly because I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it. Um, It is an article that was in the Deseret News, and it is a rather long article. And they kind of go through a timeline of the pandemic and what the church has done in the timeline of the pandemic. But the one thing I want to hit on is I want to hit on in this article a quote from Elder Holland, because in looking retrospectively, and especially given the articles we've just talked about, you can see the fulfillment of this quote from Elder Holland. So um, this came about, uh, Elder Holland had met with, um, the Seoul, with the Korea Seoul Mission President, um, the previous week, President Taylor's 131 quarantine missionaries. This was in early March or February, I believe. Right. Um, right mid February. Right before it all got crazy. Anyway, so they had a mission wide video conference by Elder Holland, and they were scheduled the following week um, to be able to have. Um, Elder Holland said, you know, would you like me to do some scripture study with you guys the following week? And, you know, President Taylor and the Seoul Korea missionaries were like, oh, twist our arms. Right. <laughs> so they had scheduled to do this scripture study. So that was actually first week of March. First week of March. They were supposed to do okay. a scripture study. So 30 minutes before the scripture study, the mission president gets a call saying, you're going to have to immediately evacuate all of your non-Korean missionaries. They've all got to get on a plane and go home. Right. And so um, Elder Holland said, do you still want to do the scripture study? And they said, yeah, we still want to do the scripture study. So they got the missionaries online. They told them the news. And then they said, okay, we're going to have Elder Holland join us. So Elder Holland says um, he shared a message that would resonate with tens of thousands of other missionaries uh, the church that the church would um, temporarily send home on commercial flights and charter jets over two month period. Adversity, Elder Holland says, regularly precedes monumental life changing events. Remember that God can take every mortal experience we have and turn it to our good. He is always guiding the affairs of his church and his faithful children. He will turn all of this to the advantage of your work. Miracles and great good will come of this for the Korea soul mission. Cheerfully do all that you can and then watch for the miracle to unfold. And I think if you just look at the miracles that have unfolded with technology and learning how to communicate and learning how to do things in a new way, 1 million additional indexed records, Yeah, that prophetic statement from Elder Holland has just, I mean, it also, it just gives me goosebumps thinking yeah. about it. Well, and then later in the article, they checked back in with that Korean yes. mission and even though their foreign missionaries have gone home, you know, they still have their their native missionaries there. And it said that um, they've been teaching classes on Facebook Live. And it uh-huh. said some of these classes will get as many as 1,500 people wow. in a class. And he said that's amazing for a very reserved culture. Um, the mission president said a missionary might not even talk to 1,500 people their entire two-year assignment just because of the culture there and the way it is. So the fact that these online classes, 
at least in Korea, have been able to touch so many more people. And then also these Korean missionaries have also done some of their own online YouTube videos with the mu- yeah. music and other things that we're seeing missionaries do. One of them is up to like one over a million yeah. views. One of the videos these these native Korean missionaries made has 1.4 million YouTube views. So now if that is not the gathering of Israel and teaching the gospel, I'm not sure what is. Right. So just super interesting that in some of these missions, they've actually been able to reach more people this way. Yeah. And you know, it is a time where many people have been at home and actually had time to stop and listen. Yeah. Via through their computers. Yeah. But so it's really interesting to see. Some of these cool things. Very prophetic statement mm-hmm. from yeah. Elder Holland. Not that we should be surprised that he's throwing down prophetic statements. That's right. He's, he's not afraid of doing that. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next okay. one. Okay. Next article we'll touch on really quick is this is the 150th year anniversary of the Young Women's Program. And the Young Women Organization uh, came out this just recently this week and said they are doing a special face-to-face celebration in November. On the 15th, yes. my birthday. Oh, that's right. So, so I know what I'll be doing with my on my birthday with my daughter. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to me. I'm going to celebrate young women. So in the meantime, they are issuing a challenge to the young women of the church, and it is called My 150. And they're encouraging the young women around the world to think of an activity they can do Related to 150 to commemorate the anniversary. It could be 150 pages of scriptures they read or 150 names they index or 150 smiles they share or encouraging text messages or social media posts. Um, so that is their challenge to the young women of the church before November. Do 150 something. Whatever you come up with. Whatever you come up with. Get creative. Yes. And so I wonder if the wards are going to start talking about that here pretty soon. Yeah. When they return when to they resume, Probably. Okay. Another just really quick one, because it seems like we mention this every year. It is time for Mormon Tabernacle, no, Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square auditions. Yes. <laughs> there is an online application. The only thing I'm going to say in this article that is really funny is there are three requirements to be in the tab cats. You have to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's number one. Number two, you have to be between 25 and 55 years of age on April 30th, 2021. And third, you have to currently reside within a hundred miles of the Salt Lake Tabernacle. I find it interesting. They have no musical requirement there. I know. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Although don't get your hopes up because I don't think you'll pass. Yeah. Cause they do, do make you do a musical audition. Says the audition is like nine month long process and there's written examinations and exactly all kinds of things. Okay. Let's talk about Olympics. So we are obviously denied our summer Olympics. I'm very sad about that. It will be happening next year in 2021. I'm sure we will have some, some LDS athletes that participate next summer, but right now we're going to talk about the winter games of 2022. Yes. There is a young man by the name of Ben Thornock, and he is from Utah, and he wants to be the next Apollo Ono. When he was 12 years old, he was watching Apollo Ono, and he said, ooh, I want to do that. And so he got into, and he lived really close to the um, 
speed skating oval in Kearns, Utah, where the national team is located. And so um, he went there and started working on that. And what was really interesting is what really, you know, he, he was doing that and doing other sports and whatnot. Um, but the thing that really helped him blossom in the sport of speed skating is he was cut from his high school basketball team. Now, if you've ever had a child that is cut from your sports team, from a sports team, they are quite devastated to say the least. But in an example, as President Holland said about the Lord taking adversity and making it work very well in your life, he had a coach that said to him, you know, it is like one in a million to be in the NBA. Right. You have the chances of being the, in the Olympics one in 100 because you have a lot of skating ability. Right. So he started training really hard. It's pretty good odds. Pretty good <laughs> odds. Started training really hard. He was winning junior championships. And then the um, 2018 Olympics were looming. And he had a tough decision to make. Do I prepare for the Olympics or do I go on a mission? Because he was mission age. And so he says he prayed about it. He felt like he needed to go on a mission. So he puts his paperwork in and he gets called to Japan, which is where his mother was from. Mm -hmm. So he goes on a mission and just kind of puts his faith in the Lord to say, okay, I'm going to put this on hold. I'm going to go on a mission. He comes back from his mission and he starts training again and he did his best to exercise and maintain his physical health well on his mission, but he just couldn't do it to the extent that he had done it. So when he comes back, he's, he's kind of eager, but he has to skate with the girls because he's not good enough to skate with the boys and the girls were beating him, but he was just doggedly going to pursue this and do this. And so since then, he's gotten himself on to the national team at this point in time. And his goal is to be in the 2022 Olympics for winter in speed skating. So look for Brother Thornock. I know. In 2022, he will be one that will be fun to follow. I know. It'll be fun to watch him and, and see how far he goes. We hope he makes it. So, all right. Next article. This was an LDS Living article called From Bountiful to Barcelona. How Missionary Service Took a Food Blogger Halfway Around the World. So now you love food bloggers. I do love a food blog, especially an LDS food blog. You kind of, you, we, you, they get it. I don't know. You know, those are just my, my people and my Your people, my food. Well, and they don't, they generally not have like really bizarre ingredients yes. that you're going, I've never heard of that. Yeah. How much alcohol is in that? Yes. So this particular food blogger, her name is C and her husband is Grant, C and Grant Foster. They, um, she started her food blog, I believe 11 years ago. And yeah, it's she's called, been blogging for a she's while. She's been going for a while. She's one of the originals. Um, it's called A Bountiful Kitchen. I have heard of it. It's not one that I regularly hit, but I do have some of her recipes printed mm-hmm. out. She has really good Cafe Rio copycat recipes. Oh, and I've been good u- to know. I've been using those for years. She, in fact, she has a whole section on her blog called Copycat Recipes, where she has like some swig sugar cookie copycat, like different restaurant copycat recipes. Oh, I'm so going to have to look up this food so, blog. Yeah, it's a fun blog. Anyway, so she had been running this blog for many years, and the article just talks about how her and her, she and her husband decided to go on a mission to Barcelona. Well, they decided to go on a mission. I think they got called to Barcelona, didn't they? Yes. They got called to Barcelona. Um, When they got called 
to the mission. She was wondering, what about the the blog? And of course, she had tons of followers that said, well, what are you going to do? And and she used her blog to do a lot of explaining because mm-hmm. a lot of people who followed her were not members of the church. Right. And she was able to explain, we're going on this mission. This is what we're doing. They had a lot of questions like who pays for this mission? Where do you live? Those sorts of things. And so she was able to answer those on her blog. Right. And it said she's, you know, early on in her blog, she started using it as not a missionary tool, but just making her faith known. So she's over the years answered a lot of questions about her faith through this online connection to strangers. Um, so when they got called on this mission, um, the president of the mission said, not only do I want you to continue to have a presence, I hope you grow it. That will be part of your mission here to influence people. It's part of who you are. We want that to be part of this experience. So they told her, don't leave your blog. Keep it going. You can do this from Spain. Isn't that interesting? I think that's so cool. Yeah. I thought that was cool too. Anyway, so it's just kind of a fun story about her and her family and how she's blogging from her mission. So, okay. Well, I'm going to go look her up because um, I, I would love to have some of those copycat recipes and maybe she has, maybe she's learned some good Spanish food. Oh yeah. I bet she's posting some, Oh some yeah. Cool stuff once she gets out on her mission. Exactly. So. All right. Let's hit on Mormons behaving badly quite quickly. Um, the story we were going to cover was the bishop la- that Jeff talked about last week who has pled not guilty to child pornography charges. But what we're going to talk about instead is just a brief Lori Vallow update. East Idaho News has been interviewing, is it a friend or a relative? It's her, one of her really good friends in Arizona. Okay. When, when she lived in Arizona. So if you're interested in this case, if you've been following it, hop onto the Facebook page for East Idaho News, and they've posted a video of an interview they did with this friend. I think, weren't there three parts to it, and each part is like 30 minutes? Yeah, there are three parts. It's a commitment. It's long, but just um, a couple key points she hit on. This was the friend that when the police said, where are your kids? They said, she's staying with this friend. And so in the interview, this friend shares her side of the yeah. story, which is that they called her up and said, Hey, will you lie to the police? <laughs> exactly. If the police call you, will you tell them you have our son? Uh, which of course was like red flags. Yeah. Anyway, so it's an interesting, just another interesting. And didn't you tell angle. me, I haven't listened to it yet, that there gives a lot more insight into their beliefs. Yeah. A lot more insight into the, the weird kooky religious stuff. Like he had a portal in her closet to communicate to heaven. I don't know. Uh, oh, oh, some, cra- some I, yeah. crazy stuff. Okay. So. All right. Well, I guess we are glad that we don't have any Mormons behaving badly other than the ones we've been talking about for the last right. few months. <laughs> this means y'all are behaving goodly, not badly. <laughs> that is good. All right. <laughs> Should we move on to my fav- to our favorite things? Yes. Let's share our favorite things. All right. I will start with mine really quick. Okay. Go for it. I really like your favorite thing, but um, I'm just going to comment on mine really quick. There is a new podcast. You may have remembered last year, or maybe it was the year before, KSL, the church-owned media station in right. Salt Lake, uh, got into the business of podcasting. They had Jed Bull, who did... Um, 
No, it wasn't Jed Bowl. I can't remember who the name of the reporter is. Anyway, he did a whole series called The, Co- the uh, Cold. The Cold. Yes. And it was hugely t- popular. Hugely popular. Well, they have a new one that is done by Becky Bruce, I believe, who is another radio reporter. And this one is called Hope in Darkness. Uh-huh. And this is called... Um, the Josh Holt story. You may remember Josh Holt is an individual from Utah. He is a member of the church. He went down to Venezuela to marry his wife. They had been married two weeks and the cops came in, oh. guns blazing, and he sat in one of the worst prisons in Venezuela for I think about a year and a half, two years before he was released. Oh, right. So this podcast interviews with him, interviews with his wife, interviews with his mother, because his mother really hounded the American government and the State Department to get him free. I have listened to just a portion of the first Uh episode. It's really good. Okay, that sounds really interesting. And they're releasing new episodes every week. So it's one you'll have to either hold off and binge all at once or add it to your weekly list until they're done with their episodes. Ooh, okay. I'm going to have to check that one out. Okay, my favorite thing for this month is an Instagram account. It is called Go Clean Co. Like G-O Clean C-O. And one of my good friends told me about this Instagram account. It is run by a lady in Canada who owns a cleaning business. And so on her Instagram account, she posts all kinds of tips and tricks for cleaning your house, everything under the sun. So she has really good tips. Like it helped me get hard water stains off of my glass shower doors. And then you told me about it and I did it, which is rather my husband did it. (laughs) So I have really enjoyed this the past month because I have moved on to the stress cleaning phase of quarantine slash COVID. Yes. First couple months, no projects were happening. I was just like barely surviving. Then I moved on to like the stress cleaning phase, which has been good. Okay. I like a good stress clean. Okay. So, but besides having really good cleaning tips on her Instagram she will post a lot of videos of her cleaning things and it is so relaxing and so satisfying. I do not know what it is about watching, watching somebody else clean someone else clean the crap out of stuff, but it is so relaxing. They're my favorite videos to watch. It's almost as bad as me watching pimple popper videos because I find those ew, relaxing. Ew. No, those are not relaxing. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. No. But I do like the cleaning videos. And she has some amazing tips. And you watch her clean and you go, well, I want to go do that. Yes. And everything she uses is just basic stuff you can get at the store. Right. Nothing special, nothing fancy. She's not hawking anything. Yep. She's just saying, go buy this product and use it because this is what I use. Yeah. So she's very fun. She, I loved it. I have, I, she taught me how to, how to strip my laundry. So both of us have stripped our laundry and been happy with that. You don't know what that is. Go Google it. Yes. It's amazing. It's fascinating. And gross. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. Uh, Twim Nation, thank you very much for joining us. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Jeff at thisweekinmormons.com. He is the grand master of all of us, and he will respond to you. 
there really is someone on the other end. That's right. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of your social media feeds. And if you really want to be super nice, you can help uh, support this podcast on Patreon by pledging just a simple dollar a month to keep the lights on. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Mm-hmm.